Yeah, thank, that was really fascinating. Great. The whole business mm. of um, how different people's learning styles come into how they yeah. make their way in the world mm. and uh, just how visual you are, which, of course, I should have realised. Yeah, <laughs> and it's what we're going to be doing next week, Harriet and I, because Harriet's non-visual. She's entirely, you know, she's a, I mean, a brilliant harper. She's probably oh. one of the best in the... I would argue the best in Wales, but because she's just so diverse in everything she does. Uh, but she's a Celtic scholar. She first at Cambridge, first yes. class degree at Cambridge. So she's entirely through words, right? Words and music, whereas I'm entirely through visual and memory. Um, so it, it balances really well. So we're going to what we're, we're trying to do, um, which is something I always do when I work in schools, which is children who can't, who say they can't draw. You can get them drawing through mm. work. They can invariably write. So you get them drawing through that way. And then how the, the drawing feeds back into the writing and, and vice versa for the ones who, you know, can't say they can't write, but the drawing, they can make stories up from the drawings. Certainly my feeling from thinking back to our conversation is um, this re-entanglement of us, the world, our senses and stories and images in a way it's re-complicating things but in a way that makes it richer rather than uh, yeah um disorientating mm -hmm. and my feeling is that a lot of what's been happening over the last few decades has been to try and make everything a straight line yeah absolutely and trying to any. simplify yeah yeah and it's the complexity of it and the fact that we all interpret it in very different ways is, is what's so interesting. The fact it is so incredibly complex. We're dealing with thousands and thousands of years of history and memory. Um, but it's possible to reduce it to something within ourselves, something fairly simple, a simplish, a fairly simple worldview. And I mean, I've certainly managed, I've managed to do that now. It's taken most of a lifetime. <laughs> but I, I now see things much clearer. But it's only thanks to the sheer craziness of all this material that I've absorbed over all these years and the map you know but you know as you know the, the kind of things that we're going through as human beings and our political systems they're just a repetition of things that have happened yes. before um, and I, I do feel very strongly that these these stories are they're like a warning that they're, they're telling us how we should be leaving our, how we could leave our lives, not maybe should, how we could be leaving our lives. We can make it different. We can change the way the world is being, has, has been created and the kind of madness that's going on. Mm. It's all, it's all in Homer. I mean, you know, it's all written <laughs> down there. It's, it's all going on now. It just yeah, we continues. should probably pay some attention, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, but it's when you, getting through this complexity of those old narratives, of the myths and legends, pulling them all together, um, and then in your mind distilling out all the things that maybe aren't relevant to you, and then it leaves you with this kernel of a truth that's, mm. that's somewhere in the middle of it that mm. helps us then get through get through the muddle that we've created in the world. Exactly. And folk tales and fairy tales, myths and legends, that's what's, that's what's allowed me to see things much more clearly. But it's a massively complex picture mm. behind that. But isn't it interesting how the same patterns appear all over the world? Yeah. It's almost mm -hmm. as if there's some kind of human 
frequency of resonance mm. that means the same kinds of things tend to happen as if we need to be reminded of these particular episodes again and again and again yeah how are things going like that like a wheel a turning wheel yeah and we keep coming back to that point at the top or the yeah. clock ticking round. yeah it is and it uh, that's one thing uh, is that meant to happen is that meant to be is that what we have to do we have to keep making what i would perceive as certain mistakes in order to get back to an equilibrium again or do we know enough is this what these stories are telling us that we should be know enough by now that we can cut all that out now it certainly seems to be the former but i I kind of wish, I, I kind of hope we'll get to this point. I think that's civilization then, when we get to that point where we have, we just said, well, look, they've made all those mistakes in the past. We don't need to do them now. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? That be great? <laughs> so that's what I, that would be idealist in me. That... I suppose the, trying to be optimistic, uh, mistakes that we have always made are the mistakes we've always made. Yeah. So it's not, we haven't invented new mistakes. No, no, they're all We're just getting ones. very good yeah. at the old ones. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah, exactly. is, once we identify them, maybe yeah. we could actually yeah. um, stop. Yeah. But then, Peter, what would happen to the stories? Oh, I think there would be something else. There <laughs> be another one. We, 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 I don't think we can create utopias. <laughs> I mean, you know, we can get, it's, it's a lovely idyll to try and get there, but then... I think once we're there, we'll find something else yeah. is wrong. Well, people have tried, haven't they, yeah. to create utopias? It never never ends well. No, but they're they're interesting in that they leave a memory behind them. Yeah. They don't end well, no. They're there for a short period. But they leave something. It's like we have this, this amazing one from Cardigan Bay that I think not that many people know about, the Planetary Southern story, yeah. um, you know, that David would know mm. upon Penclean. Uh, and, and it was down here as well. You know, there, there was there was apparently that utopia there that mm. only now exists in fairy tales. Yeah. But how extraordinary that we've got that memory of it. Mm. Um, whereas everything else, the reality of it, whether whether it even existed, has gone. But the the idea that it was there is fascinating. That it's left just that little memory, and we only got it through the stories. That is fascinating, isn't it? Because you have this memory, and then it becomes. Uh, in a way, not degraded, but um, scholars get their hands on it and it gets put in a certain kind of box mm -hmm. which also has the label not real or to be trusted on it. Yeah. And then a few years ago, there were <laughs> all the... Not provable. Yes, not provable. There's no evidence. There's no data mm. collected. To, but then you have this massive storm a few years ago and suddenly the forest appears in Cardigan yeah, Bay. Absolutely. And a massive, yeah. the biggest pair of antlers you've the ever antlers, seen in your life. Yeah. And if I had a second, I think there's a second pair as well. Yeah. And suddenly, and that also, they also showed from that, that I think that they'd said that they thought this flood had happened 4,000 years ago. Suddenly it was 2,000, 2,500 years ago. Mm. It was a lot more recent. Yes. And that then, I figured that fitted a lot more in with the with uh, Penacanka Mavanelli, yes, the second branch. It suddenly the timeline has got a lot closer. Yeah. So the myth, the story, this mad chronology, uh, the Branwen story, suddenly it's starting to fit the actual evidence now. And that's that blew my mind. Mm. I realised that was what was happening. That that second branch, that the elements in that that may well be a really strong actual truth. So that may actually have happened. 
the landscape element I find really interesting and liberating because there's something about the, the application of science to story, mythology and folktale, which is reductive. Mm. So somewhere in that description, hovering, is the word only. So this story is really about, or this is just, or it's only a memory of da-da-da-da-da, mm. was actually when the sea throws lumps of... <laughs> of ancient forest through the windows of the hotels <laughs> on the front of Navarrisville, yeah. the story's happening right then. Absolutely, yeah. And it suddenly becomes not uh, mm. not catalogable. Mm. It's a thing that can throw stuff at you, mm. literally. I, and I, I, I've seen it. I actually <laughs> witnessed it happening. And it was on January the 6th, four years ago, when we had the, the big storm yeah. here that, that hit at New Year. And I think it was the Monday, actually being not very good. It, it was the first Monday of the yeah. new year. And I was um, taking kids out from Colin Keridigian and we'd booked to go to board. And I was telling them these stories. <laughs> and, of course, this storm was lashing in. And we, we were on parked in the minibus on the seafront. And I swear to God, the water... And it wasn't that windy. This was the pull of the tide. Mm. And it, it launched itself over the road like a bridge. And it hit the, uh, the buildings on the other side of the road. Not, mm. you know, it came right over the top. We watched it. We saw this wave of water come up and went over the road. And then it all hit the buildings and then kind of splashed and made a river in the road. But what an extraordinary Amazing. thing. Mm. And you think, well... You know, this is power that we very rarely see. We might see this once or twice in our lifetime. Mm. I mean, same seamen, you know, when the fishermen saw it all the time, but we don't. Um, but when you see it like that, you think, my word, uh, th these descriptions are very, very plausible. Yeah. You know, a whole area can just disappear overnight. Yeah. A whole area can appear overnight. It's extreme, but it can happen. Mm. So, and th those are folk tales, aren't they? Because folk tales are memory of the extraordinary. Um, well, the, when it gets to myths, the memories of the extraordinary thing happening. Well, you know, the smaller stories are the little thing, the little observances. Mm. But you know, when it gets to myths and legends, we're remembering something something that happened once in a lifetime, yeah. and that's worth passing on. Absolutely, Peter Stevenson. Thank you very much for talking about extraordinary things. <laughs>